Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Steeler Country for the 2015 season. I'm your host, Tony, alongside my two co-hosts, Mike and Joe. Guys, how are you doing this evening? This is Mike. I am doing well, and I'm excited about another Steeler football season. Our offense is uh, is looking like it's ready to take off, and we're not the only ones noticing this. Uh, the media is talking about it, so it's not just a Steeler-biased opinion. And the defense has a lot of question marks but maybe a lot of hidden potential. So I'm excited for another Steeler season. Welcome back to the podcast, Mike. Now with special effect music. How do you like like that? I like it. Joe, how are you doing this evening? Well, I'm just enjoying all this new music you got there. It's, 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 well, it's not me. That's not me. That this is 2015. And you know, we are, we are uh, broadcasting live tonight on YouTube. Uh, If you guys want to listen to the podcast live, we're going to do it on YouTube this year. Uh, I'm going to put, if you follow us on Twitter, I'm going to tweet it out every week. Uh, we'll be live on YouTube. We were on Twitch last year. We moved over to YouTube. If you check week one, we're going to have a new, brand new website so you can follow all this stuff much easier. Uh, all the links to the podcast will be on SteelerCountry.net. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. Plenty of other places. All right. Let's talk Steeler football, guys. We are in week three of the pre, well, going into week four now. We've seen three Steeler preseason games. Uh, in fact, we got to play the Hall of Fame game this year, which turned out to be just a kind of a, a meaningless game for the Steelers if you wanted to watch the starters. Pretty much no one played in that game. But, Mike, I want to go to you first. I just want to get your general – I mean, I know preseason, it's hard to see, you know, what a team is or who a team is from preseason when you see so little plays from your starters. But give me your general impressions of what you've seen from the Steelers so far this preseason. I'm definitely excited about the Steelers. It's just fun to just watch the the team on the field and the colors of the, uh, of the uniforms and the logo and everything out there because we've missed it for all these months. But as far as the team goes, obviously, like I alluded to uh, just a minute ago, the offense looks like it's going to be as good as it was last season or even better, adding a couple more weapons. Uh, You just hope they can continue to click. I know there's some injuries and suspensions to deal with. Uh, But we haven't seen a lot of the first-string offense. So a lot of this preseason is is really, for me, trying to watch the second, third-string guys, seeing who's going to make the team, who might be a good player in a couple of years. And so that part's been kind of fun. Uh, the defense, there are a lot of question marks. There's a lot of guys out there, a lot of young guys who uh, a lot of times these guys who are rookies or, or second-year guys, when they get into their third year, they start feeling like a, they have more experience or feeling like a veteran, and they start coming into their own. So hopefully we'll see some guys doing that. Uh, it just um, – we'll just have to wait for it to play out. Yeah. Yeah, it's been – you know, it's – I think for me, the the real, you know, you talk about position battles um, among those young guys. And I think for me, this has been the Landry Jones show. You know, this has been pretty much, let's see what, let's see if Landry Jones can be a football player, can be, even be a backup. Um, you know, Gradkowski goes down, and I think it was pretty telling of what happened thereafter when they signed Mike Vick uh, and what the Steelers think of Landry Jones. But, Joe, give me your thoughts uh, of the first three preseason games so far. Well, uh, on the positive side, uh, I'm going to say uh, I, I, I'm just hearkening back to other preseasons um, when, you know, I watched a team, the offense seemed to be that really the whole team seemed to be dysfunctional. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited that uh, that the, the offense, the, 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 the starters, you know, they're, they're they look like they're ready to pick up where they left off last year. Um, you know, and we might see we might see that those offensive explosions early in the season like we saw uh you know, a lot of the games last year. Um, so offensively, it is, it is, you know, undeniably exciting. It's, you know, how can you not be excited? It's, it's, um, 
one of the two. It's being discussed. The Steelers' offense is being discussed as as one of the two best offenses in the league uh, going into the season. So high expectations from all around. Uh, we're not taking anybody by surprise, uh, but I don't think it's going to matter. Um, so offensively, offensively, uh, you couldn't really ask couldn't really ask for more. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's quite the opposite story. Uh, I haven't really been look. I really, I guess you could say I'd be, I'd be looking for anybody to step up on defense. Uh, to me, the highlight, the most exciting thing I've seen uh, defensively in the in the preseason games is Shamarco Thomas. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of excited to see him uh, get in the lineup and play a full time starter role back there. Uh, that that may be one area of improvement that we might see this season. Jury's out. I'm not I'm not saying we're going to, but we might. Uh, and then on the other the other side of that coin is the 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 um, linebackers. I mean, I'm just waiting for somebody somebody playing linebacker um, who is not getting ready to retire and pushing 40 years old to make a play and impress me because so far the linebackers outside of James Harrison are completely disappointing. And the fact that James Harrison is the most exciting part of the linebacking core is very telling. Um, he's a great player. He's an unbelievable specimen. Uh, he's a, he's a great firepower. He's a great inspirational uh, presence. I'm sure, but my goodness, he shouldn't be the, he shouldn't be the guy getting the safety in the end zone. Uh, he shouldn't be the guy who's able to beat his beat his guy who's holding him in the end zone and and make that safety on a veteran quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, that's just that's just sad. Yeah, I mean, it definitely speaks to where we are as a defense right now. But I I think I think you could it's you could take it two ways, right? The James Harrison thing definitely speaks to where we are as a defense right now, where we don't have the young up and coming next great Steeler linebacker pass rusher, right? He's not on the roster right now, or if he is, he's, he's not ready to, to be that guy, right? But at the, at this, on the same token, I think it speaks volumes for James Harrison as a player that he can still make an impact like that, right? It would be one thing if James Harrison were, if you were, if it were, I mean, look, I don't want to bring up Palomalu right now, but you know what I mean? The last two years of Palomalu, it was kind of sad to watch, right? Or it just wasn't the same Troy Palomalu, and you kind of wished, you wanted to go back to see the great Troy Palomalu making his plays. We didn't really see that over the past two years. To see James Harrison still making those those plays, right? And I know this was just a preseason game, but you know, to see James Harrison still making those plays, I, I think just speaks volumes to the legacy that he's going that he has on this team. I mean, he he is he was great um, from the moment the Steelers gave him that starting role, and and then from and now all the way till he's what thirty seven years old and still is a vital part of this defense. I mean, he really, coming into the season, is our only true pass-rushing threat that we know of right now. Yes, Jarvis Jones might blossom in the regular season, and Bud Dupree you know, might blossom in the regular season. But to this point, we haven't seen. Um, so I, I, I take your point there, Joe, but I do think it, it speaks to the quality of James Harrison as a player um, that he's still able to do it at, at such uh, an old age. For, for Haven't you guys... Player. Haven't you guys been been a little excited about the the pass rush and the pressure from the defensive line and the linebackers in the preseason? Granted, it's been against second and third string offensive lines sometimes. It I, just seems. I, I think I've been I, excited. I think definitely in I think definitely in the Green Bay game, right? I, I think that game. I think we had what six sacks in that game. Everybody got involved. Harrison had a sack. Jarvis Jones had a sack. Bud Dupree had a sack. You know, yes, I, there's a lot to be excited about. But for me. You know, I remember, so this very podcast one year ago, 
right? We did a preseason week three podcast before we did our season preview. And do you guys remember who we talked about in that podcast as if he were the next great, the greatest stealer of all time? Yeah, it had to be Shazier. Yeah. yeah. Because he had an interception against Minnesota. Yeah, an interception. He had a right? sack. He was, he he was unbelievable. Field. Last preseason. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I just can't, I can't, you know, and then what was Shazier in the regular season? A, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he, he couldn't stay on the field. That was the first. He couldn't stay on the, he got hurt, couldn't stay on the field. And then B, when he was on the field, he did nothing. I mean, you know, he was. But, but in this preseason, are you impressed a little bit with him? Or not at all? Oh, I, look, I, I, yes, very impressed. Very, very impressed. But, but I have to take it all with a grain of salt. Right? I can't, I can't. Oh, based say, on last preseason. Yeah, I just can't say, look, look, I, I think Ryan Chazier can be great. And I thought that last preseason, I think that this preseason. I think a lot of Steeler players can be great. I'm with you on Shamarco Thomas, Joe. I'm with you. I think Jarvis Jones can be great. But for me, the number one thing with all three of those players is not the performance on the field. It's staying on the field, right? Shamarco Thomas has spent the majority of his career not, not only not being able to make it as a starter, but also on, on the injury list. The same thing can be said about Jarvis Jones, who's now missed two almost full seasons. Uh, and Ryan Chazier, half of his rookie year was spent on the injury list. Um, I need to see those guys not only play well, but to stay healthy. And number one, stay healthy. Hey, did either of you catch, um, uh, I don't know if it was, it must have been NFL Channel uh, or NFL Network. They, they brought up the Steelers conditioning coaches. Um, and and I, I, I only caught like the, the last couple seconds of it. So I don't really know what they were saying was about that, it. Was that I, tonight? No, no. This was, uh, I want to say this was. After the Green Bay game, okay, and we had those those few injuries, and and I, it sounded to me like like uh, the Steelers were looking at their conditioning coaches and saying, you know, something's wrong here. We have too many injuries because it, it really, you know, I mean, Pouncey's out again. How long is Pouncey out? Half six or eight year. weeks? Half the year. Uh, or okay, so more than six or eight weeks. That's kind of dumb luck, though. It is dumb luck. It is dumb luck. I, I know he's snake bitten, and it seems like when a guy that happens a lot to a guy. But getting rolled up on your ankle, I mean, it's what can you do? Yeah, I, I agree with you on Pounce. Pouncey's dumb luck. Now, Shamarco, uh, Jarvis Jones, you know, you can't. You, how many hamstrings can you tweak? I mean, how many times can you tweak your hamstring before you go? Yeah, you know, this guy's just injury prone. You know, and, and Joe, to your point about conditioning, I actually watched Mike Tomlin's press conference today, where he talked about you know a, a big thing, and he was talking. He was this was in in relation to rookies uh, and saying you know why rookies don't see the field so early, and he he said number one, it's conditioning, right? They don't understand. Rookies don't understand when they come into the league how well conditioned you have to be to play NFL football on a week-to-week basis. You can't, you don't do it in college. You come to the pros, and it's just, you know, it's a totally different world. And so, you know, he he was basically talking about they were talking about Sammy Coates, and they were talking about uh, Bud Dupree, and they were talking about whether or not whether or not those guys were going to see the field. And he said, look, if you look at Martavis Bryant last year, he didn't see the field until midway through the year. And that's because he just it wasn't ready. Like from a physical standpoint, he just wasn't ready. And these guys aren't going to be ready either. But you know, it's not to say that they're that they don't they don't try to be conditioned. It's just the the transition to the NFL is just a totally different thing. But I think from a conditioning standpoint, you know, Tomlin talked about um, you know the best. He, his quote today was the best players on the team are the most well conditioned players. Right? Those are your best players. Um, and I think Tomlin understands. You know, this is this is a league of attrition. The, the team at the end that survives is the team that is able to weather the storm when every team deals with injuries and deals with big injuries. But if it, the next man up mentality, you have to be able to bring in that next guy and he has to fill that role. And you have to, at the end of the year, you're going to lose a bunch of guys, but you have to be able to replace them um, and still be playing at a high level. And we're going to, you know, we're going to fall right. You know, it started up, started early this week. We had Pouncey go down for 10 weeks. 
eight to ten weeks with a broken ankle. And then Stefan Tuitt is might even miss. Uh, he might he's going to miss some time for sure. Might miss the opener potentially more uh, with his ankle injury. Uh, and then Gradkowski, our backup quarterback, is on IR now. I mean, he didn't need to go on IR, but you know he didn't play well, and we needed a backup quarterback anyway. So he's out for the season. Yeah. So Gradkowski's done. What was his injury? I didn't hear much. Separa- about I think he separated his shoulder, or, uh, dislocated his finger, something like that. You know, the one thing I liked was that uh, Shazier was playing a lot in the preseason. You know, meaning into the second, third quarter yeah. with the second string guys, because, he, like you said, he wasn't on the field a lot last season, so he needs the reps. You know, he, and whether you know, he's in there with second string, I think it's good he was getting them. And he actually requested that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He he told uh, Tomlin and and uh, our new defensive coordinator Keith Butler he wanted he wants to play more in this preseason. Uh, and he's playing like he's trying to prove something. Yeah, so yeah. he absolutely is playing. It. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder for sure. Him and Shamarco, I think, are the two guys on defense where. You know, I, I look at it and I go, okay, those are two guys. You know, this is the young Steeler thing that I wanted to see. Um, th- this is what I want to see out of our young guys is, is guys who you can you can start to relate that to some of the Steeler greats of the past and say, okay, well, you know, Shazier keeps playing like that. He can be, you know, Shazier can be a real playmaker. He's very, very fast. He's all over the field. The thing about Shazier that, you know, has translated from last preseason to this preseason, and you just see it every time he's making plays, is how fast he is and how his ability to be, to just be all over the field um, has been, and then Shamarco, you know, this he's a bullethead. I mean, he is. He comes just comes flying into these running backs, um, and just I, I like what Shamarco is interesting to go from Palomalu to Shamarco because Palomalu, you know, while he did have that streak of being a physical player, he was more of a finesse guy, um, you know, kind of making the more spectacular plays. Uh, I, I see it more as uh, Shamarco maybe filling that. You know, Clark was kind of that big hitter. You know the the playing center field, um, and it seems like that's where Shamarco is going to fit in this year. He's exciting to watch. You know, one other thing that Joe mentioned, where Harrison might be our most dominant defensive player, and when you look around, there's really not another guy that can really beat somebody one on one or become that dominant player. But but maybe this is being optimistic. But maybe we have like these swarm of young guys that it's like any one guy can make a big play at any one time. Yeah, because there's so many different linebackers that could be in there, and they have so many different. Uh, looks and it looks like they're playing some four three now also yeah, yeah. with maybe some linebackers on the line. It's it's in, so that's what I'm hoping for is that you have a lot of these young, fast, ready to play guys that uh, where just any one of them, even like Bud Dupree, like we saw him make a play in the preseason, yep. but they can make a play. Yeah, I, I, I want to clarify. I was talking about the linebackers, not the entire defense. Uh, Cam, Cam Hayward obviously is a is a badass. Who you know he's he the little bit I've seen of him. He's going to pick up right where he left off last year, too. Um, so I'm not saying Harrison's the only that's guy. That's true, that, yeah. Of the linebackers, Harrison's the only guy, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see – I <laughs> maybe I'm just looking at it from a, from a too critical point of view, but when I, I watch I watch these young guys, I see them missing tackles. I see them taking bad angles. I see them out of position. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. And honestly, all the sacks against Green Bay did not come against uh, – against Against the discount double check, there one of them, only one, only one, the one, the one that you won't count because he's too old. The one, in the, one in the end zone <laughs> yeah. that that our, that our guy from, you know, it's like having Jack Lambert came right. in and made a sack in the end. <laughs> right, right. But it was, I mean, it, Harrison. I, I totally agree with you, Tony, on James Harrison. He is, and I think I said it already. He's an unbelievable specimen. He's a he's a phenomenal stealer. He's legend already. And and now I think what he's doing this season, the fact that this man can still play at this level and make young guys, uh, you know, look like they're not even on the field 
uh, which he did in a preseason game already. Uh, I think when you talk Steelers uh, linebackers, you say Jack Lambert, and then you say James Harrison, and I don't think there's anything else that's even close to them. Um, and uh, and uh, granted, they played 40 years apart in two different eras and all that, but James Harrison has solidified, in my mind, uh, he, he's one of the top two linebackers in Steelers history, and that's saying something. There's been a lot of really good linebackers who played on this team. Uh, and, and that that sentence, my last sentence, is is probably why you know I look at this and go, oh my God, how, how do we get here? Uh, in in the nineties, we were like a linebacker factory, and and you know it didn't matter who left. We had another guy even better waiting in the wings, and and now we don't. Uh, and I, I and you know so I'll I'll go back to what I said. Uh, bad angles, missing tackles, um, out of position. That's what I've seen with the with the preseason. And then making sacks on a second string guy who doesn't know how to move in the pocket. Not very impressive. I mean, yeah, and that's why you can't judge. You know what I mean? Who's to say that he, they would like the sacks that we've gotten this preseason against third, second, and third stringers? You know, the, the problem is it's an opportunity problem, right? We had we didn't have the opportunity to sack Aaron Rodgers in the third quarter because he didn't play. So you know, I, whatever. Look. I think we can all agree here that from a defensive standpoint, we knew we was going to be a work in progress this year, right? And that the defense um, was not going to be – we're not going to be a great defense this year. We could just – we're just hoping to eventually be good. And that's pretty much where we stand right now, right? We're, we are a defense very much a work in progress, very much still trying to figure out who we are. Oh, and I, I think one other thing we should talk about is Keith Butler's new uh, – the new system we brought in. Which is like you said, Mike. We're playing more four three now. We're playing a lot of cover two, and I think the interesting thing about this is that um, you know this is not a LeBeau type system at all. This is more of a Tomlin type system, and this is a system for you know the Tomlin two thing is he or the, the the cover two thing is keep everything in front of you, everything in front of you, bend but don't break, uh, you know, and then rush the passer, but do it. You know, we're not playing any man. We're playing. We're gonna play all zone. It's all zone coverage, and it's two safeties deep. Um, and we're, you know, you're allowing the small stuff, which I, I get. We used to do that, you know. We used to the running backs beat us out of the backfield all day. Um, but it's interesting that that's the that's the style that we're going to, because I think a big problem for our defense, especially in the last two years, has been just the amount of big plays that we give up, the amount of long touchdowns that we give up, long runs that we give up. Um, you'd like to see offenses work for it more, especially considering the the offense that we we're going to have, right? If we have an offense that's scoring twenty to thirty points a game. And we have a defense that isn't allowing big plays. Now, they're not good, but they're not allowing big plays, right? They make, they make you have to earn it. Um, you know, even with, a, even with a mediocre defense, I think we can make that work. I think so, too. I think that, I mean, it was, it was pretty bad that uh, Aaron Rodgers cut up the defense, the first string defense, <laughs> yes. pretty good, right? Yes. And, uh, but that's Aaron Rodgers. And the other thing, the thing to be optimistic about this little change is that it may take a few weeks for them to come into their own. And then once they start figuring it out, kind of like the offense you know, took at least half a year or a year to, to really understand Todd Haley's offense. Uh, you know, maybe the defense comes into their own mid season. And then, you know, even if they're, if they're in the top half of the league in defense with that offense, it, you know, that could be something really good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And I hear that. Uh, I agree with what Mike just said, but when I hear you say, you know, bend it, but don't break and all that. Okay. First of all, I cringe. Okay. That's the first <laughs> thing I do is I cringe. Um, and and then and then I go okay okay let's not let's not just go off the handle here let's think about this a little bit they drafted all the speed at linebacker okay so maybe because I'll tell you I'll tell you why I cringe okay I'll tell you why I cringe because when you say Ben but don't break keep everything in front of you and you know let them let them inch their way down the field okay that, that reminds me of 
you know, the Patriots and the and the and the Raiders just 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 carving up our defense, sitting on the ball as if they had a running game, which they did not, throwing the ball fifty times a game, okay, and 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 winning the time of possession by ten minutes. Uh, that's what it reminds me of. I've seen this. I've seen that show before, where you can't cover the halfback out, out of the backfield, and and so yeah, we're gonna bend but don't break, and they're gonna you know they're gonna go on an eighty yard drive, and instead of doing it in three plays, they're gonna do it in twelve plays. Uh, you know, so what? Might as well run the ball on us. Uh, so so my my question is, you know, the question that comes to mind is, okay, all the speed that they drafted at linebacker, can these guys cover the back the the halfback out of the backfield if that's gonna be the strategy? Uh, because I'll tell you what, dude, I'm gonna go nuts. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to buy new TV sets and stuff. I'm gonna have to get something with like a protective shield on it so I can throw stuff at my TV while I'm watching that kind of a Steeler defense. You know, the big change that this defense needs is turnovers. I, I heard it on a stat recently. They've had like the least most turnovers in the last three seasons, something like that in yeah, Steeler history. The, well, yeah, the Steeler. Yes, but the last season wasn't so bad. Last year we were actually decent in turnovers. But if you take the last three years as an average. Years one and two of the last three have been were awful. Then last year it got better, but not so it's, great. It, it, so it's the it's the obvious that you just got to get pressure on the quarterback, yeah. and hopefully with Cam Hayward really coming into his own, and it looked like Tuit is uh, also much improved from you know last season. Well, so this is this is this is the interesting thing is like okay, so I read all these previews of the Steelers right, and I try to go around and, and try to gauge the national media's take because we watch every game right. We're in, we know every player on the team. We know every young player and whether he's going to start or could be good or whatever, what draft pick he was, right? But the national media doesn't keep track that much. You know, they're kind of giving a cursory look of the team and like, okay, well, you know, let's give a broad generalization of the team. But everything I hear about – every time I, I hear a national media guy talk about the team, they say the same thing. They always say the same thing. They have a great offense. They're going to have one of the best offenses. They're going to score a billion points. But they've lost so many defensive players that their defense is going to, is going to uh, be the thing that lets them down. Right? They just can't replace all this defensive talent. And I sit here and I think, who, exactly who did we lose on this defense that's really going to make the big... I get that the defense is going to be bad, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to argue that the defense might be bad. It was bad last year, and it might still be bad this year. But I don't think it's going to be worse. I don't think there's any argument you can make that this defense has all of a sudden lost all this talent. Brett Kiesel, I don't think Brett Kiesel is going to make any impact on this team. Uh... Because Tuit is much was was at the end of last year better than Kiesel was and will continue to get better. I don't think that Troy Palomalu losing Troy Palomalu is going to be that much worse. Could could be any worse because Troy Palomalu in the last year, you know, at, at the very best thing you could say about Palomalu is that he wasn't like the worst safety, but he wasn't he wasn't Troy Palomalu. He was a below average safety. We lost uh, we lost uh, Bryce McCain. Bryce McCain. I actually th- for if for anyone. I think Bryce McCain is probably the biggest defensive player we lost. I thought he was really good at the end of last year, and it's kind of sad we lost him. But he was. But a lot of people listen to podcasts are probably going Bryce who because he was a cornerback who you never who never really you know he was just a nice corner on the team didn't really make an impact. Um, but I thought he was pretty decent as a corner. And then we lost Jason Worlds. Jason Worlds, you know, was probably our second best pass rusher last year besides uh, Harrison. Um, you know, losing him, I don't think again it's one of those things where we lost six and a half sacks. If our Pass pass rusher is six and a half sacks. We're a bad defense anyway. Uh, so again, those are the players. And out of those, like Taylor. what's that? Taylor. Oh, Ike Taylor. Yes, Ike Taylor, who sat out half the year with a broken arm, and we had to replace him anyway. Uh, so he had you know no impact at the end of the year. And again, at the end of the, at the end of the year last year, we were a team on the rise. We we 
crushed the Colts. We crushed the Ravens. We crushed the Bengals twice, right? We beat the Chiefs. You know what I mean? We were, we were on a roll at the end of last year. And none of these players that we just mentioned had, had really had any impact in those games. And so when I listen to the media and they go, oh, well, this defense is going to let them down, I just go, how? In what way? Yeah, that's what they're missing is that even though those, those names were still there, the talent was already lost. Right. Those guys were out of their prime already. And as far as replacing them, the, the names have been replaced. The talent really hasn't yet because these names are all young and their talent hasn't matured yet. So they're there on the roster. They just need to prove it now. Right. Or come into their own. And it could happen at some point in the season. But even if, but see, my point is like, even if the young, let's say the young guys don't come through, right? Let's say all of them right. are bust. It, it's not going to be any worse than it was last year. Right. If it, Let's say Shamar yeah. spends the entire year on IR, right? Well, then Will Allen's going to play. Will, Will Allen's played for Palomalo all the time. Will Allen's a decent player. He played last year. He, you know, he's not going to fall off a cliff. Uh, you know, if, if, let's say our two linebackers have to be Harrison and Arthur Motes. Arthur Motes played a lot last year because Jarvis was hurt and Harrison couldn't play every down. So Arthur Motes played a lot last year. Arthur Motes is fine. He'll be a fine linebacker. Uh, and hey, Harris, Harris I, gotta, I just had a, like a, like a, like an epiphany moment, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Uh, I think you'll like this. So, 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 just like you can you can fall off a cliff, right? Inexplicably, you can get back up and you know brush yourself off and return to the summit again, right? I mean, it happens. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so supposing, supposing, um, I hope, hopefully, I didn't miss something here, but I believe this person is still on the team. Um, we we have we have a, a really a. a a tremendous talent on defense that 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 if this person lives up to their lives up to their uh, their abilities, if they just play the game to their natural ability, it's all they have to do. They don't have to play above their head. They don't have to be Superman. They just need to get their head in the game. Wait, before you say it, can, can Mike can can Mike and I try to? I'm trying. Yeah. To, I'm hey, trying to think. I, of I'm who playing this a game is. with it now. So why not? Why don't you guys try to get yeah. figure out? Talking All about right, who is this? Who could is have he talking about? Enormous. Well, I, I want to say if effect the, on the defense if they could just play to their ability and the, get it straight in their head. Okay, when you say play, that, that's the part that's losing me. So um, this is not my guess, but the interesting thing that we haven't talked about on defense yet is maybe the best player on the defense is Lawrence Timmons. Right. And, and I'm well, sure you're not talking about him because his head's no, in the game and he's a no, great player. No. So no, go ahead, I Tony. I'm going to keep thinking about this. Yeah. So like, okay. So the play, the young players on my team, on the team that we yeah, haven't talked Timmons about, Timmons is not included in my my pre my prior my prior critique of the linebackers. Timmons obviously is a solid. He's a solid uh, linebacker. He's a great linebacker. Uh, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about we have su- he has to be talking about either uh, he has to be talking about someone in the secondary because we talked about every other player on. It was literally, oh, literally yeah, yeah. Every it's other obvious player. now. Yeah, it's now got. Well, you... it could be Mike Mitchell, but I don't think I don't think no. Joe is a huge Mike Mitchell. No, fan. I'm not a Mike. It's no. got to be Cortez Allen. Yeah. That's the man, Cortez <laughs> Allen. He was supposed to be the bookend with, uh, with Lewis, right? Yeah, he was supposed to be the bookend. We were supposed to have Lewis and Allen, the bookends, right? And and we were supposed to have this this phenomenal secondary that would that, that would shut you down. And and you know uh, Lewis went away. Very bad decision on our part. Extremely uh, bad, uh, huh? Extreme, an extremely bad decision. And then um and and then Allen lost his mind, or you know lost his confidence, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, say that, I say he lost his mind. I'm not being I'm not I'm not being rude to the man. I'm 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 saying he he just he's like freaked out. He can he can play football. The man can play football. He, he didn't play, play to his potential. He can play it at a high level if he just plays to his potential. He lost his confidence. What is what happened. He totally you, lost I, confidence I, in himself. Last season, we heard he lost his confidence, and that's what I'm talking about when I say if he can get his head turned around, 
get his confidence back. The man could change. He could make an enormous difference in on, on in our defense. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a, a doubt. He had some great games when he was on. When so he, if he yeah, get when, back to that level, man. Right. That'll make that would help. You know, here defense. I mean the thing about him is like they the Steelers, Tomlin, everyone saw so much potential in him that they, he was the guy that they singled out at the end of, or at the beginning of last year to give a contract. You know, Cortez Allen ain't going anywhere because he has a contract. We signed him for a five year deal at uh, the beginning of last year. Like they do believe in him, but 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 has to be said he hasn't started at all this preseason. They've been uh, rotating between Brandon Boykin, the new corner that we traded from Philly for, and Antoine Blake. So you know he's one of those guys that could get a chance in week three or four or something. Yeah, and it's, he's been off for enough time. His mind. I mean, if I'm Cortez Allen, what do you have to lose at this point? There, I mean, not, you're you're no longer playing football to people with inferior talent to you. Okay, so what is there to lose? He gets in the game. He takes a chance. He makes a pick. Right? Takes a chance and makes a play. He all of a sudden it comes back to him. It happens. This happens. This is a thing that could happen. We could have an all-pro cornerback who just comes out of seemingly out of nowhere. Of course, we've all been waiting for him for three seasons. Yeah, we've been waiting a little while, yeah. (laughs) But to the rest of the league, they'd be like, where the hell did the Steelers come up with this guy, right? This could happen. But you're right. It's easier to play when there's less pressure on you to perform. So, But then again, maybe there's more pressure because maybe it's going to get cut. There's no expectations anymore. Right. I mean, that's where he's headed. He's headed for being cut. So what's the what? You know, what is there to fear anymore? Yeah, it's going. Hey, the cut is coming. Well, I think I said it in one of the preseason. I said, you know, if Cortez Allen doesn't turn it around this season, he's going to be gone next year. This is it for him. He turned, but that's the thing. He turned it around that year. He got. He, not only did he did he not get cut. He got he got an extension. Like here's he's not getting cut. No, no, I I, mean, I I said that this season. Yeah, this season. No, I mean he he. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I agree with you that he probably would be cut if he didn't already have a like we can't we can't cut him because he has a contract. It's a contract. Uh, you know, it's too much. It'll be too expensive to cut him. You have to keep him. That's not going to be a consideration, man. He's going to turn it around. No, I think so. I, I I think so too. I think I think he's you know he got injured last. He got he lost his confidence. Then he got injured. It was just a you know it was a terrible season for him. But I, I still you know like Joe said, he has the talent. Um, you know, he's got to get his mind right. He's got to get that confidence back. He's got to believe in himself. Um, and if he does, I, I and if we do have, you know, William Gay played really well last year, and I think William Gay is gonna, William Gay is playing good in preseason, probably going to have another good year. Um, if we can continue that on the other side, if we have two good corners, well, then that starts to change things again, right? With the Keenan or the Keenan Lewis year, when Keenan Lewis was on and he was making plays all over the field, that was a very interesting year for the Steelers defense because it was a non-traditional year. Uh, but it was, it, we were still good. We were a good defensive team that way. We can still be good defensively that way. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. All right, let's move on. Let's talk, let's start talking offense. We have not talked about the cream of the crop yet. We have potentially now, and it sucks that this, it happened this way, but, um, in that Green Bay game, Jordy Nelson went down with an ACL injury, a, a weird injury where he just, you know, no contact, um, knee gave out, done for the year. Uh, but this, that opens up a door now where the Steelers are probably the best offense in football. Uh, you know, all kinds of things being said. Ben saying we want to score 30 points a game this year. Um, how are you guys feeling? I mean, we haven't played a lot of offense this year. Uh, but in the few time we have, we scored a touchdown against Jacksonville in about six plays in which we just we ate up that defense, weren't even on the field. And against Green Bay, I would call it an unfortunate offensive pass interference call. I thought it was a weird call. I mean, I guess it was offensive pass interference, but... Push-offs like that happen on every long throw. Um, 
Anyway, that's called back. They do end up going to score a touchdown. Uh, so we haven't seen a whole lot, but what we have seen is pretty good. Mike, what do you think? I liked it. It wasn't very much, like you said, we only saw him a few series here and there. Uh, I, you know, definitely enjoyed the long pass to Martavius Bryant, and even the one that you said got called back. It's not, that almost isn't even a push off. It's like the receiver's kind of feeling where the defender is, and it, I'm sure they they teach it, but it's almost like you know don't do that because they're going to call it. But uh, you know, especially with um, with Bell in there, there's just so many weapons, and Ben is on, and and the offense is just clicking. Haley and Ben seem to be on the same page. And the offensive line really has gelled over the last seasons. And, uh, you know, but missing Pouncey is going to be huge. So the, the first string offense is going to be exciting. I'm sure it's going to be exciting with all the weapons. And even we got, another, you know, another tight end in there. So that's going to be good. The thing that intrigued me in the preseason, which we saw a lot more of than the first string offense, was all the different wide receivers. All, you know, I call them the tall skinnies. There's just a lot of guys out there that seemed to be making plays. So I'm really interested to see if, if one or two of them may make the roster, or at least the uh, practice squad. Yeah. I mean, Holy cow. Can we draft, can we draft and find wide receiving talent late? Uh, you know, we haven't taken a first round wide receiver in forever, but you would never know it from the roster we have. I mean, Antonio, first of all, Antonio Bryant's a six round pick, but these, but the young guys talking about uh, Shaquem Phillips, Tyler Murphy, <coughs> excuse me, um, Sammy Coates. Uh, and I'm forgetting the other guy. Who's who's not bad either? CJ Good Goodwin maybe. Yeah, Goodwin. You know, the, all all these guys making plays throughout the preseason. Throughout the preseason, it's you know this offense is just high flying. Even when Landry Jones is out there, we have we like you said we have a lot of we have a lot of depth uh, at wide receiver. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Martavis Bryant's suspension here in a second, but um, yeah, I mean loaded loaded at wide receiver. Joe, what do you think? What's what's your impressions of the uh, the offense so far? Well, yeah, I think you put your, your you put uh, you you solved the mystery of what happened to our linebackers there. They drafted uh, wide receivers instead, right? No, no, I'm uh, saying they didn't. They haven't. I mean, they, you know, they haven't taken a, a uh, wide receiver. They're, they're okay. They're 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 previous. The Steelers' previous knack for finding linebackers, right? It got it got moved. Has been has been transitioned into yes. finding wide receivers. Yes, uh, they now have a knack for finding wide receivers. So you can't have everything. Uh, I mean, what can I add to what you guys? I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a circus act. It's going to be a circus act. Ben's going to have you know five thousand yards and and uh, and and Tony Brown. The, the the whole thing revolves in my mind. The whole thing hinges though on on the three players. Uh, you got to have Ben, you got to have Bell, and you got to have Brown. And if you don't have them, uh, any one of them, uh, then then you got a different offense. And that's what's scary about it. Uh, is that the offense is is uh, is is less of a team effort than the defense, and one person really can can have a huge effect. Uh, the the I, the the fact that Pouncey's out again. Uh, look, when he went out in the Tennessee opener a couple of years ago, that was devastating to the team, and, and it's a long time for the team to recover from that. Uh, so he's out. He's out in preseason. Uh, it's enough time to you know to adjust things, but. Uh, you know, so now the Steelers. I know you, you said you're going to talk about the suspensions, but the Steelers. The Steelers are going to open without Bell, right? They got two yeah. games, two, two games, games without two games Bell, for Bell, and four games without Bryant. Four that, games without Bryant. Yep. Four games without Bryant. Yeah. Well, you know, throw the book at the guy. Um, <laughs> well, you know, listen, it's a serious offense. The man had some weed on him, and uh, you know, there's very few people in the country that touch that stuff. So. Most of the country is going to frown, look look down poorly on that kind of behavior, sure, and sure. Uh, 
you know, it's not like the man cheated. Oh, to no, 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 play. no, no, we're not starting that. Nope, no. Not like the man cheated to play, a, to, you know, something simple like that that we can just overlook. That is not for today's discussion. It's not like he, well, it's not like he messed with the integrity of the entire league <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the, the history of the championships and, you know, stain the... Those are those kind of things we can overlook. You don't need a suspension for that. But damn it, if you're going to have weed on you, where that's where we're going to draw the damn line. You cannot do that in this NFL, baby. You <laughs> right. Cannot do that. Um, yeah. Let him go home and whip his kid so he can get back into maybe. Okay. Back into All the right. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Hot take, Joe, with the hot take tonight on Steeler Country. Thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Brian, no, okay, so the offense, right, I mean, we've, offensively, we're loaded, uh, I like what I've seen, Le'Veon, we haven't seen a lot of him, but I like what I saw to him, um, you know, watching him run, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just special to watch him run, the way that, you know, his, the shiftiness, the stop start, it's just unlike any other running back in the league, and it's a lot of fun to watch, um, and he has been tremendous this preseason, uh, Antonio Brown, you know, AB is just, anytime you need a first down, boom, AB, you know, what's funny about, the game against Green Bay is that we got ourselves into some third and longs, and it just every time it was boom, Wheaton, boom, Brown. Um, you know, Heath was in there. I mean, the offense is it's just an unbelievable load of talent. The Bryant catching that long pass against uh, Jacksonville was just a it's just an unbelievable. It's the thing of beauty. He was he was five yards beyond any defender. Um, ben put it right on the money. It, offensively, there's so much talent here. Um, I don't. I actually don't know what the ceiling for this offense is, and that kind of, you know, that it's it's kind of scary because it, you almost feel like it's too good to be true that this thing, you know, something's going to happen here, and it already, I mean, it already is. Bell's out for two weeks, and Brian's out for four, and Pouncey's gone for the year, well, half the year. Um, but you know, there are players on this offense that we aren't really talking about, right? We're talking about Brian, we're talking about Ben, we're talking about Bell, we're talking about the offensive line. Um, but we're not talking about Marcus Wheaton. We're not talking about Dre Archer. We're not talking about D'Angelo Williams. You know, these are players. I think people forget last year. You know, um, what an impact that uh, Legarrette Blunt had uh, on the season. You know, we look. You know, look back to that Carolina game. We had two 100-yard rushers in that game, right? Brown uh, uh, Bell had a great game, but Blunt came in and played well again. And when we lost him, it changed the entire season. We needed a backup running back, and I think D'Angelo Williams. Our new backup running back has been very, very good. Um, you know, we, you guys gave Dre Archer uh, most potential in our awards last year, or put him in. There. I don't know if we gave him if we gave him most potential, but uh, he was in the running. And I think this this preseason, you're starting to see some of that. Him getting worked in a little bit. I think you know, in an offense where there's just so many options, I think it's going to be tough to get Dre Archer some catches. Um, but I, I think he will be worked in, and I think his his talent is certainly there. And then I think the other guy. Uh, is Marcus Wheaton, who started against Green Bay, which I thought was a little strange, and I think it probably had to do with the fact that the Steelers knew Bryant was going to get suspended and they wanted to get Wheaton some time, um, and they did, and he play, and he's playing really well. And I think you know Marcus Wheaton is this unsung third guy who is you know who can break out the way Bryant did last year, um, and all of a sudden we've got three great receivers, and it's just you know it's just there's like too much talent on this offense. It's insane. I mean you know we threw up. 50 last year against the Colts. We been through six touchdowns twice in a row. And I don't know how you top that. I don't know how this offense gets better. But what I I will say that it seems like it should, which is a weird thing to say, but it it should be more it should be better this year than it was last year, and it was great last year. 
That that is the thing to be uh, concerned about because if it's not if they have trouble or struggle, I mean everyone's going to be on them and saying you know what's the problem? What's the problem? Right. So the media circus. Yeah, you're right. The media circus around our offense. If it doesn't go, is going to be weird. Yeah, and then then the other the other thing to be concerned about is. I mean, if they come out clicking and they're fl- high flying in September, you know, then you have to worry about peaking too early. Yeah. You know, they got to be able to sustain that through November, December in the playoffs. So, I, I mean, that, that's that's the only thing to be concerned about in this offense and injuries, I guess. But uh, and I guess there's just so many too. weapons, though. just so many weapons. Yeah. And suspensions. Now, you, you mentioned that. So you were thinking Martavius Bryant was going to be a starter. Going into this season, they were talking about season. yeah. I, I, there were talks out of out of preseason that Bryant was getting more and more snaps, and that he looked like he was going to be the number two. Um, you know, clearly that's not going to be the case now because he's out for four weeks, and you know we're going to see uh, a lot more Wheaton. Do you think Sammy Coates will get on the field in early I, in a few games? I or? think he's, he's probably had too many drops. To, I mean, it depends on how he plays uh, this week and and in the last preseason game. Uh, probably going to be Hayward Bay. They like you know for whatever reason. Haley and Tomlin really like Hayward Bay. He played a lot last year. Um, he's probably going to play a bunch this year. Hayward Bay is definitely going to be the third receiver in the first game. Yeah, but I think you will see. I think you will see some Sammy Coates. And look, I like this Tyler Murphy kid. I like Tyler Murphy. I think Tyler Murphy is definitely going to make the practice squad. You might make an argument that he could make the roster, especially given Martavis Bryant's pension now. Um, is he the guy that was a quarterback? Yeah, he's the College? quarterback, number sixteen. It's hard. I know it's hard to keep track of all these guys because there's so many of them. Is yeah. he 19? Is he 16? Is he 14? Is he, you know, and I know. He's Charlie Batch. Yes, he's Charlie Batch. Hey, it was, somebody changed their number. Oh, Hayward Bay did. Hayward Bay was 85 last year, and now he's 88. I hate it. 88. They shouldn't 88. be allowed to do that. The Steelers should say no. You can't. What's yeah. your. Using to the older fans. Also, if we're talking about numbers, I really don't like that Bud Dupree's 48. It's not a linebacker, it's not a traditional Steeler linebacker number. And yeah. I hate it, and he needs to change it to a 90 or a 50. I mean, if you're going to be the next great Steeler linebacker, you can't be 48. 48 is not a great Steeler linebacker number. I'm trying to think of any linebackers in the 40s on any team. I mean, maybe Brian Bosworth was 44. Who else yeah. was a linebacker I mean, you know, in the 40s? It's weird. And they shouldn't I, – I, hopefully it's because there's too many numbers given out. Or, but you would think the first-round pick. 48 is like a big fullback that – yeah, you know, catches the ball and runs for two yards and falls down, right? Right, or like a fourth string safety. He's like a fourth string safety, yeah. or your fullback. Yeah, exactly. Those are the only two numbers that you can be forty. <laughs> I think you're really, you know, listen. If he's a great, next great Steeler linebacker, it'll be just fine. <laughs> on That's right. So I want to, I want to, before you move on, because you mentioned, you mentioned the little guy there. Uh, great. Yeah, to comment on him too. Go ahead. And uh, and so what I want to say, I want to just give a quick shout out to the because you said, oh, we gave him most potential. But I'll, I remember what we gave on him. Uh, and uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Todd Haley and the offensive coaching staff uh, for listening to this podcast and taking their criticism like men and stepping up and trying to do something about it. Because I believe we gave the uh, coaching staff the most disappointing uh, award for their failure to find a way to get this fast guy into space and make him a factor in the games. And they are trying to do that now, or at least in the preseason. They've yeah, that's true. We yeah. actually gave Cortez Allen most disappointing, but that was second place. Coaching was second place. We were fighting for it. I remember that now. Yeah. And, th- and that's true. And uh, 
And I and that is something I like about the preseason because last season they would give him like one chance or something and he'd fall down or, or something bad would happen and then they wouldn't give him a chance again. Right. Or or it was too obvious. Like we said is oh he, he's in the game, it's yeah, gonna it's be obvious screen play. past him. Yeah. yeah, it's the archer play. But in this preseason, there's a, enough opportunities to have him on the field for every play for two quarters. And we well, could really see what he could do. And I, I am a little disappointed in that he doesn't seem as fast as I remember him for some reason. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he can't get to the space. I don't know. He can't find his way through. And that may be his that may be why they don't they they just back off him, because maybe he doesn't have the vision and he, he can't he doesn't have the feel. Like, I, I, it's obvious that Bell has a feel. Right. Yes. Bell, Bell it's, just has, it's, it's uncanny. It, yeah. Right. He just he kind of he kind of has an instinct. He knows where to go and how to move and, and, and contort his body so that um, so that he, he's not caught. And and uh, Archer is so fast. And you see, you start to see him get going. And then it's just like it's just like a little tap. It's like nothing even happens. Like, you know, he tripped over a blade of grass uh, and, and and they've got him. And, it's, and it seems like he has space and they're able to close that space on him really fast. And uh, and, it's, and it's disappointing. So that, that may be what the problem is. He's he's fast, but he. He cannot. He can't make the move, and he can't find his way to where the to where the space is. They get him in space so he can take a few steps. But in those few steps, what's he doing with them? Is he getting himself to to the point where he's only got one guy to beat, and he's not doing it? He's getting yeah. himself trapped. Yeah. And and he, he, you know, he can't he can't break a tackle once he's touched. He's down. Right. Right. I know, Joe. You and I were watching the game together, and I, I compared him to Willie Parker because Willie Parker would do the same thing: go down early. But he's like half the size of Willie Parker. Like, Willie Parker would go down as soon as he got touched, but Dre Archer, as soon as he gets touched, you, you feel like, oh, oh my God, is he hurt? Is he okay? If only those two athletes could be sitting next to us as we criticize them as, <laughs> you know, fat old guys. <laughs> well, uh, so, Tell them how easy they go down. <laughs> <laughs> if the, only uh, they could be here. So, well, I, look, I think Dre Archer, the thing with Dre, oh, the, the one thing I want to say about Dre Archer is I like the way he returns kicks this year. I feel like you know the, he hasn't broken one yet, but you know he, every time he returns a kick now, it seems dangerous. Whereas last year, I don't know, just he didn't seem dangerous at all on kicks. It was you know Tomlin had that quote last year where when he talked about Dre Archer, he would say, "There's more to the NFL than just being fast." Yeah, there's more to the NFL than just being fast. That was his line. Um, and I think I think you know that I think what he was saying there's the the vision, right? He needs to understand that he can't just outrun everybody in the NFL. That you have to you have to understand lanes and you have to send angles um and i think he's starting to get it better and i, I hope we stick with him as a return guy because I, I tell you what i don't want to see I, whoever we're going to have i would love to see archer return punts i don't like that we still have brown returning punts um you know brown is too good a, too good a player to have, him and to have anything happen on punt, on a punt return um yeah somebody could kick you in the face with a cleat man <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I like saving Brown for big moments or playoffs or something like that, just to change it up. But yeah, right. I mean, there's so many guys on the team. Someone else has to be able to get six to eight yards on a punt return. Right, right. And I hopefully it's Archer. And if you know whoever it is, whatever. Um, One last guy. I mentioned him a little earlier. Jesse James, the rookie tight end. Yeah, hey, he could be something. Well, he had maybe the worst game I've ever seen a player have. In the, in the I know, game. but it, what he had a drop and then a penalty and something else. He had two bad drops and a penalty. Yeah, he had a but for sure that's, touchdown. That's, a sure he, touchdown. That's all what happens. That's what happens in first. He can't play football. <laughs> no, that's what happens in your first game. So when he's great later, you look back and, and he talks okay, about it. Okay, laugh about it. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, will, I will help prove your point for you, Mike. 
Okay, so can you name Barry Foster's first NFL play? Yeah. I think we all That's can. Correct. Yes, against San Francisco, kick return. On the road, San Francisco. Treated like a punt return. Treated yeah, like a punt. Like, they were like they were you know, the best team in the in the league at the time or whatever, one of the best teams. And, yeah, he, he stepped away from a, from a kickoff. <laughs> Oops. He can't, he can't, he can't down, a, he can't down a, a, a kickoff. But he wasn't a starter. We never even heard of him. And, uh, and to Bill Cowher's credit, he didn't cut it. Or was it, was it Cowher or was it Noel? Uh, that's a good question. It could have been Noel. Noel actually drafted him. Yeah, trying to think who that, that may, was. May have been, that may have been Noel's last season. <clears throat> and to Chuck's credit, give, give the late Chuck cr- some credit. He didn't cut the kid. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then he challenged Emmett Smith a, a year later or so for the rushing title. Yep. Yeah, Barry Foster was good in his day. All right, so let's, let's talk about the Martavis Bryant suspension. Four games just came down today as we record this. We're recording this uh, on August 27th, Thursday. Um, just came down. Martavis Bryant, he's going to appeal it, but whatever. He's not going to win the appeal. Um, I think in order to be suspended for pot, which is marijuana, which is what he's going to be suspended for, you have to be caught, I think it's twice, and I can double-check on that, but I believe you have to be caught twice. So this will be his second time that he's caught by the NFL. The first time you get put in, like, a program uh, and told, like, hey, don't do this anymore. Um, and then from there you get suspended. So he's suspended for the first four games of the year. Um, thoughts on Martavis' suspension? It's just disappointing. I mean, the guys know the rules, so it's disappointing that that happens. It's disappointing for the team. I mean, I was really excited to see him play. He's been playing great in the preseason, coming off basically where he left off at the end of last season. So when he returns, that's going to be good. Yeah, I think he'll – hopefully he just comes right in and, and doesn't really miss a beat. Yeah. He was suppo- – the problem – I'm really disappointed in this. I mean, he was supposed to be the double whammy. You know, he not only is he a great deep threat – but he's a great red zone threat. You can you can give him the little fade route, and you can and then you can also throw it to him deep. Um, you know, and he can make other. You know, he's, he made other catches last year. He was he was the guy who you know we talk about this trifecta, trifecta, trifecta. For me, he was like the fourth guy, right? He like made it a square, or whatever. It's the X factor. He was like the uh, if you remember the Cowboys with their trifecta. He was like the uh, what was his name Harper. Yeah. Al- kind of Alvin remember. Harper was his name. Alvin Harper, yeah. Alvin Harper, he sent him yeah. deep, and, yeah. and he's the guy that you forget about. Right. Because you have to worry about the other three. Right. And, and you know, losing him for four games, I mean, I'd have to check the schedule again. I believe the four games includes a game against the Ravens and a game, and the game against the Patriots. So those are tough. Those are tough games to miss. I mean, this offense, you know, we talk about the trifecta all the time, but I think, you know, if you're going to name a fourth, if you're going to name the fourth most uh, important player on the offense, you know, it would either be Pouncey or Bryant, and we've lost both of them now. So, and you know, hopefully, it gives Wheaton a chance to step up a little more. Yeah, I, I think you know Wheaton gives it. Wheaton is a different kind of player. I kind of see him more in the Emmanuel Sanders role, where he's you know he's yeah. um, maybe not as a big big time player guy, but uh, more dependable. Um, but it, it's interesting. It's interesting what's going to happen with the offense, especially with that number three receiver now, with it being Hayward Bay and. Um, you know, he didn't. He, Hayward Bay is not a guy who made a big impact on the team last year, but he was a fourth receiver a lot of the time. Now he's going to be thrust in that number three receiver. I think it is going to give an opportunity to someone else. Though. I think Bryant going down for those first four weeks is going to mean that Sammy Coates is going to see time on the field, or it's going to be uh, you know one of these younger guys. I mean, someone someone's going to fill, have to fill that void while he's gone. 
It'll be interesting to see how they step up and, and what they do with that early playing time. And they may give a chance to one of those guys. Don't you remember last season, at the beginning of the season, I think it was the regular season, yeah, I can't remember his name, we, we kept giving a guy a chance. Yeah, who was it? Justin Brown. That's right. Justin, Justin Brown was a key member of the offense for the first six weeks last year. Yeah, it was weird. Um, but then Bryant, you know, Bryant came in in that Houston game and basically turned, you know, he's, he, the, the offense was like, was very, very good before he got there. And then he got there and it was just, it just was like through the roof good. Um, I don't think him going out is going to mean that the offense is going to have trouble moving the ball or trouble scoring, but it definitely removes a, a, a piece of the offense that, um, you know, was vital. So it'll be tough. And then with Bell going down, I mean, it makes this first game against New England and Pouncey too. It makes this first game, like, even if Brady sits, and I'm not really sure, you know, we'll talk about the Brady suspension when the court case is over. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of talk now that Brady may not sit that game and may actually play. And, you know, if that's the case, if they're playing full, if we're playing full strength Patriots in their house on, you know, them celebrating their Super Bowl win and we don't have Bell, we don't have Bryant, we don't have Pouncey, uh, you know, chalk it up that's, to 0 1. And I, I think even if Brady sits, they're going to have enough, you know, uh, enough to, um, you know, just try to get up for the game. Yeah. It's the first game just to prove uh, enough to prove that they could try to win without Brady. And, yeah. you know, Belichick always finds a way to do something different. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, ho- I'm hoping we blow them out that game, but I, I think, I think you're right. Even with Garoppolo, they'll find a way to keep it close, especially now that we've lost so many offensive weapons. I, I don't agree with that. I do not agree. With that. They don't have Brady. We're going to beat them even without Pouncey and, and, and the boys there. Bell and, and, and the other guy. I don't know. I, but without Bell, our offense is so horrible. But but this new kid, uh, what's his name? An- Angelo something. Angelo. Well, he's not. New, I mean, he's new to us, but he's not new to the new to us. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. But he's got a chip on his shoulder. He does. Because, I think. Um, yeah. I, I think we could beat them. The Patriots have not been starting strong of late. They did not start strong last year. Nope. Uh, and you know the problem is that they're out of practice a little bit. They got to get. You know, they don't. They. They haven't had time to spy on the other teams oh, and talk the tactics, <laughs> and play balls, and get everybody in place. That takes time. So by the midseason, then they'll be then they'll be cranking. They'll be they'll be just ripping them off like they did in '99 against the or 2001, excuse me, against the the uh, the greatest show on turf. There inexplicably couldn't move the ball anymore. Uh, so so you are in. I have to say. Your Patriot hate is in – it's a preseason podcast. Like, it's preseason for us, too. We're just starting this up again. But your Patriot hate, I have, it's in midseason form, I have to say. It is, it is impressive tonight. Well, they've managed to keep themselves in the news uh, infamously for the entire offseason. You, you cannot escape these people. Uh, and so i got plenty to say about them. But, uh, no, I, don't, I think the Steelers can take them in their house early in the season. The Patriots of late have not started the season strong – they come out of nowhere later in the season, and I think I put my finger exactly on why uh, just a moment ago. Uh, and <laughs> what do you said the Bryant thing? I'm ve- obviously I'm very disappointed. I was the first. I was. I think I was. I. 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 He ignited the Steelers' offense. Like the Steelers' offense, like you said, Tony, it did well early on, and it was exciting. But when that guy came in and 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 they threw him that bomb down the right side of the field in the in the uh, in the Texans game, and it was overthrow. It was an overthrow. But it was like, whoa, whoa, it was wide open. It should have been a touchdown. Uh, then a few plays later, a few, maybe another drive later, I don't know how long it was, but bam, they throw, they hit him, hit him in the middle of the field 
on the fly, touchdown, nobody even close to him, and it, it just lit the whole place up, lit the whole team up. It changed the season from that second on. The Steelers were one of the top offenses in the league, and we could see it, and nobody else could see it until Ben laid a dozen touchdowns uh, on, on the league in high fashion a couple of weeks later. Uh, and and I think without him, it's it's going to be a different offense. And I don't think there's any, any two ways about it. And then you got Bell out of there for the first two, so – uh, you know, I don't even know why we're going to play those games, but it's very disappointing. It's disappointing. I'm disappointed in Bryant because uh, he's a man. He is a football player. Uh, he's he's uh, he knows the rules, like Mike said. And and you know, look, it's a stupid rule. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I think it's a, but but you can't be stupid like the NFL and and the dumbass rules. Okay, you got to play within them. That's just the way it is. You don't like it, you can talk about it and criticize it, uh, but. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay within them so that you can, you can do your thing. And now you can't. And, and you really got no, you got no recourse because the rule's the rule and you broke it. Uh, and, and we're all very disappointed and you should have been smarter than that. So that's the way it goes. Uh, so that being said on Bryant, it is a dumbass rule. Uh, you know, all the problems the NFL has, what in the hell are they getting involved with? You can't, you can't smoke pot. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Who cares? You know, turn it. That is one thing you could just look the other way on. You could just look the other way, and no one would care. It, it casts no negative light on your league if 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 your fans know that uh, that that your players smoke pot. Who cares? That's, an, that's no interesting. One, let me, all let me ask kids, this: all your fans, all your fans in middle school are smoking doobies while they're watching the game. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> hey, middle hey, enough. Okay? Let me just ask this question. Yeah, face it. Okay. Has anyone has anyone in the NBA ever been suspended for pot? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, don't know. I haven't heard of it. I know. So I don't know. I think question. that's what Joe's saying. That might be looking the other way in that league. Sure. Well, I mean, well, and you know, you know what? They got bigger problems. They got bigger problems than that. Okay. And the NFL definitely has bigger problems than than who who's smoking pot. Okay. Really. Uh, and so uh, you know, I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. So now Let you got change the subject. Now you got two guys. You got Bell suspended for two games for pot, and you got the other guy, Bryant, four games for pot. And and then you can look around, a Steeler fan, okay, or anybody, any fan can look around the league and go, who's playing? Who's playing? And look at the things they've done. And who's not suspended? Okay. And I don't have to name who they are, because everybody knows who they are. Okay. And they're playing. Uh yeah, I don't think I, I don't I don't see what are the chances? What are the chances of in that first game in front of the you know the whole nation is almost like a Super Bowl that they actually stop the game to check the ball at one point in the game? I think or they definitely even, will. Yeah, or Coach Tomlin. Uh, I don't think well, them, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to stop the game, but at halftime they're going to check. I mean, it's the new well, rules yeah. that they have. No, I mean, they, they, I'm talking Baseball. about making a big deal about it during the game. Oh no, 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 no! Okay. I'm going to make somebody a million dollars now. So what are the chances? Zero chance what are the chances that? that when the Patriots go on the road, the opposing fans have a terrible towel like a deflated football that they can spin over their heads. Deflated footballs. Come on, go team, go! I got my deflated football spinning, baby. <laughs> Come on, that's a sell. We're that's not talking about the deflated football thing. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have a Brady specific podcast. When and if they overturn the suspension? Oh, we'll- I don't even care. I'm just having fun with it at this point. <laughs> It's over. I don't care. I don't care what the court does. Who cares? I can't even complain about the NFL on it because the court's going to decide it. So who cares? He plays. He plays. You don't play. Don't play. I don't care. I All don't right. Care. Well, let's talk All about Mike next. Vick. Let's let's go from one controversy to the other. 
Let's talk about another controversial figure in the NFL, and that would be Michael Vick, who uh, signed with the Steelers uh, this week after Bruce Gradkowski uh, dislocated his finger or whatever happened to him. He's out for the year. Uh, so we bring in Mike Vick is our new backup quarterback. Uh, Pittsburgh Talk Radio kind of went nuts over this, not happy about it. Uh, obviously, uh, Vick was infamously uh, had the dogfighting ring and spent time in jail, spent much time away from football. Um, anyone, either of you guys have a problem signing Mike Vick? Okay. You want me to go, Mike? No, no I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'll just uh, say, I mean, I'll, obviously, go ahead. I'll just say no, I don't. And I'll. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, and then I'll, I'll elaborate later. No, go ahead and elaborate. I say no also. No, I, I already said it when he came back to Philadelphia, okay? And, and he did well, and I felt happy for the guy. Um, I, I, I was the biggest Mike Vick critic, uh, you know, back in the day. Um, and when he came back and, and whatever happened to him, he had, he had – the man paid his price. He paid his price. I, I don't think he's the same person he was back then. Uh, when he went, when he went back and he played again in the NFL and he played in Philadelphia, he was a better player. Uh, maybe not as much talent because he was, you know, older and out of football, but, but as far as a, a, a person, he's a better person and better player. And, um, I do believe in redemption. Uh, I, I don't think what he did was, was, you know, a thing that you can't ever be redeemed for. He did not get away with it scot free. There was no one who stepped in and got him out of trouble and so that he could just walk away from it. He paid a price. He paid a huge price. Okay, he paid he paid a price like anybody else would have paid, just an ordinary person. Um, he went to prison. Nobody could get him out of that. He gave up. He gave up more than most other people. Most other people would have lost their their whatever their their career is, which is which is devastating to anyone. Um, but but this man this man lost. He lost. Uh, you know, he was a top player in the NFL. He had a top salary in the NFL. You cannot. You can never replace that. Never. Uh, I don't know how many years he lost. But he lost all of that. The guy paid his price, um, and and unless he does something else, you know, to make me dislike him, I I I, I think he deserves I, he deserved the chance in Philadelphia, and and if he's if he can still play well, he deserves a chance in Pittsburgh, and he, de- and he deserves the support of the fans, the Steeler fans in Pittsburgh. Nothing wrong with that at all. Mike, I agree with what Joe said. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm the same way. You know, uh, I, I look at the Vic thing. Uh, you know, I don't. He's it's fine. I have no problem with the signing at all. Like Joe said, he he you know he did his time. He served his uh, punishment. And um, you know, if the NFL is going to let him play, and they are, and I I think they should, then um, Steelers should have no problem signing him. And they did. And I, I, I'm you know just speaking from a f- pure football perspective. Um, you know, we needed a backup quarterback. I don't think that the you know the the, the talent right now at backup quarterback. Um, when it was Bruce Gradkowski and Landry Jones wasn't good. Uh, the the and if you looked out there and, and it was really between Jason Campbell and Michael Vick, and I think Michael Vick is probably a better signing. Tomlin wanted to sign Vick, uh, and then Roethlisberger's whole the the second allegations against Roethlisberger came out, so he didn't want to sign Vick then. Um, but clearly, Tomlin is a Michael Vick fan, and I think you know that bodes well. Um, so I, I think I think all around it's a good signing. We needed a backup. Uh, you know, you don't. I don't want to see Michael Vick on the field, but not because, uh, you know, I think he shouldn't be in football, but because I think it would be devastating for our team to not have Ben Roethlisberger. But other, otherwise, think it, I think he's a good player. And what do you think it means for Landry Jones? Uh, well, I mean, I think we, you know we could have a whole podcast dedicated to Landry Jones because I think Landry Jones, you know, he, he's 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 a box of chocolates, man. You don't know every pass, you don't know what you're going to get. I, I mean, he's still on the roster, though, right? He is he's still third, on the roster, third quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he's going to stay on the roster. Uh, 
Is he going to go practice squad? I'd probably cut him. I don't think he, I think he's too old to go practice squad now. I think I'd cut him. I think you cut him and you find another third stringer. You could find. I mean, really? Well, I mean, you're going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. Though is that true? I would keep. I would keep. Well, I would keep three. Yeah, but yeah. but I don't know if the third one would be Landry Jones. I think I might give up on the Landry Jones experiment and move on. Really? You think he's played that badly? I think he hasn't played that well inconsistently. Enough. I think by year three, I should start to see, okay, could you can probably be my backup maybe next year. But right now, I could, like, for me, I can't say Landry Jones could be my backup in the next two years, right? And so if I have to wait for year six before you're going to start to be able to be my backup, maybe I just got to, I got to go. You got to go. I don't know. I thought I saw a little more than that. You think, I mean, he, listen, listen, I'm not going to say he didn't make any good plays. He did. But the bad plays that he made were just, I mean, it's, Joe, how much uh, Landry have you watched this, this offseason or this preseason? Yeah, he's not impressive. He's better than he was last year. I'll give him that. Yeah, he is better uh, than he was last year. But uh, but you know, not. I mean, it's nothing. Nothing to go. Oh, what? You know, this guy could challenge Ben, or you know, nothing. No. That's why you just go. I hope. I hope he doesn't get in. Uh, <laughs> now, hey, what? now, but but about Vic though, I want to go back to Vic about Vic getting in. Okay, yeah, I don't want Vic to replace Ben, but Vic is a talent. He's a talent, and he and he and he's going to attract eyeballs. Uh, and he's going to divert the minds of the defenders if he's on the field somewhere. Okay, so I'm I see the Vic coming on the team. Okay, yeah, we need a backup quarterback, but you can't just have Mike Vic sit on the bench and wait for Ben to get hurt. You got to get him in the offense somewhere. So come on, Todd Haley. I appeal. I appeal to the fun, the fun football child in you. Have some fun with Mike Vic and Dre Archer. But, okay, and just put those guys out there and let's do some razzle dazzle stuff. I don't know. We don't. And, I see. And, I, 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 okay, I, I see where you're coming from. Chuck Knoll would never let the offense do. <laughs> yeah, let's do some of that. Have a good time. Call up uh, Wizard Hunt there and ask him Ask him what he would do if he had all that. If you had Dre Archer and and uh, and and um, Mike Vick and the whole cast of characters there with uh, uh, Brown and Bell and all these guys, what would he do? Let's go draw up some, draw up some razzle-dazzle stuff. And remember how we did it in 90, in uh, 2005, uh, or was it 2008? I can't remember. I think it was 2005 when Wizenhunt was there. Um, and every so often there'd be three, two or three or four razzle dazzle trick plays that would just come out of nowhere. I mean, How about the, the Super Bowl, Antoine Randall to Heinz Ward. In, well, in the Super Bowl, it was a difference maker, but they did that stuff all year. It wouldn't have worked in the Super Bowl if they weren't right. used to doing that kind of stuff. The team loved it. It's uplifting. It's exciting for the fans. And now you got Mike Vick. Come on. Mike who Vick are you taking off the field, though? Uh, I know. I want to hear. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. My question is, who are you taking off the field to put Mike Vick on? Are you? Would oh, you rather run a Mike Vick? out all the time? Nobody plays every play. Oh, is gonna, this is the thing, and we've heard it before, before with other star quarterbacks, is Ben Roethlisberger ain't coming off the field, so Mike right. Vick can run a razzle-dazzle play. Right. right. That's you the take, problem. I'm certainly not going to take Ben off the I field. I never said he had to come off the field. Right, right. I didn't That's, say that. The, Okay. Right? Ben has to come out so Mike can go in. Okay, so we're in agreement there. Uh, this is what I like. I mean, at least on a two-point conversion, Ben's still on the field. Just line up Vic somewhere. That's going to draw attention, whether he's in the play or not. He could just line up and stand there and not do anything, and he's going to draw attention. Would you rather put Dre Archer conversion. in the game or Mike Vic? On uh, like a pick. I said put him out there at the same time. But, you know, now they're like, oh, it's a Dre Archer play. Wait a minute. Vic's out here. What are we doing? Maybe it's the Vic play. That's true. That's a good point, Joe. But then on those plays, you have to take either Wheaton or Bell out. I mean, that's so okay. So what? It's one play. They're not going to play every down they, anyway. They do play every. I mean, well, a lot of I, the I, big guys have to play every down. Look, I like two-point conversion. You put Vic in. You line him up somewhere. Take out, uh, take out a tight end or something. 
you know, go four wide receivers and have Vic be one of them. Vic, but I don't see the athleticism for Vic. I mean, look, if we were talking no, about twenty-seven-year-old Mike Vic, I agree. But he's thirty-five now. No, but it's a decoy. You put him in motion, let him run behind Ben. You don't know if Ben's going to pitch it to him and he's going to throw it or what. True. You know, right, just drop back and throw a quick slant. And but Vic's in motion, drawing attention. I just think we're good enough on offense that we don't need to gimmick our way down the field, right? If we That's just line up, all with Tony Chuck Noll, right? Mm-hmm. I think I do. I do. I look. I think we're good enough. You, we line up against you. We're better than you. We're ever better than everybody in the league. Everybody in the league. We're not scared of anybody. We're going to beat you by scoring, and we're going to score on you because you can't stop us. Because we have too many weapons. Can we have some fun? Especially in weeks one and two, there, pal. We got big keeping holes in the offense weeks one and two, and even three and four a little bit. That answers Tony's question: Who are you taking off the field? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Taking Bell and Bryant off the field. Yeah. Because they can't stop smoking weed. What's with this team and smoking weed, by the way? That's the third player. You know, uh, I think the problem is the problem is Joe's on here endorsing it. Well, I know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's all about. He, I mean, listen, he can't. I mean, seven seven year olds are smoking weed where Joe lives. So uh, seven year olds are not in middle school. I right. said middle school. Okay, middle I don't know. School, I think I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, well, you know, for you people forget, Garrett Blunt is not going to play opening day because he's a Patriot, but he was caught with, with Le'Veon Bell, so, you know. So do you think the three of those guys are going to be, like, in a smoke-filled room watching the game? <laughs> 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 kind of like, like the 70s show? <laughs> I hope so. They keep, they, they go to... That's great. <laughs> All right. All right, let's – okay, so a uh, couple of things before we finish up tonight. Uh, I do want to get you guys – all right, so let's, first of all, let's talk about – we got Steelers at Bills coming up. I believe that is Saturday at 4. They keep uh, – does anyone know why they changed last week's game from 8 o'clock to 1 o'clock? Because it, it was – I, I kind of liked it. It was a Sunday game at 1 o'clock. Uh, was there a game that night as well? There were many did, games that night. Yeah, yeah they, had, they, had, they had football on from 1 o'clock until 11 o'clock, I think. Yeah. On Sunday night. So maybe that's why they did it, though. Well, it was originally so that, supposed to be one of those eight o'clock games, and then they moved it to one, which I don't. I, I, there usually aren't one o'clock preseason. Oh, and it games. was an NFL Network game. Yeah, also. it was an NFL Network. Yeah, maybe they. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know they either. Just to it broadcast it. Yeah, I felt it felt right. We went to a bar. We went to a Steeler bar oh, here but, locally in town. Watched the game at one o'clock on a Sunday. It felt. It just. It was like a little like preseason is just a little taste, but this was just a little extra taste. Like this was like an an extra appetizer. Uh, a one o'clock Steeler game felt right. I've been behind on all the games, so I've been uh, recording them and watching them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know who won that game until last night, and I was very happy the Steelers won because I didn't want to go zero and three. Oh, yeah, that was a big thing for me. Well, I, so I we we were um, I I was able to uh, I went up to Jacksonville to watch the the Steelers Jacksonville game, and when we were you know we almost won that game at the end, and when we lost, I, I texted my brother and I said, "Look, we're never you know we're never going to make the preseason playoffs now. Like we're zero and two. It's the preseason playoffs over. I mean, we're the play. We're never going to make the preseason playoffs now. No, I, I agree with you though. It's it's fun. I mean, it's it's nice to get a preseason win. Although I do like that the you know they used to say that whole thing where if you if you go undefeated in preseason or if you go winless in preseason, then you can't win this. Like no team has ever won the Super Bowl doing that. But teams recently have broken that curse. They have. Okay. So it doesn't matter. We can you can go winless. You can win all your games. It doesn't matter. You can go anywhere in between. Um, but yeah, I agree. Nice to win that game. Um, defense played well. You know, the, the, the sneaky thing about the, the backups in that game is that uh, Aaron Rodgers gave up – or we gave up five first downs to Aaron Rodgers in that first drive. Then they only gave up five first downs, I think, for the rest of the game or for, for a while thereafter. Um, right. So defensively played well. 
All right, so this week, we have Steelers at Bills. This is our fourth preseason game, but it's really technically, well, it's technically the fourth, but it's really the third for the starters. And in the third preseason game is when the starters play for at least the whole first half and maybe sometimes into the second half, depending on how much you want to see of those guys. So my question to you guys is, who are you guys looking for in this game? Who are you excited to watch? Who are you going to be keeping your eye on um, in this, uh, now that you're going to get to see a legitimate half of the starters? And Joe, I'll start with you first. Okay, so offense, uh, offense. I'm looking at um, the center. I, I want to see what's going to happen with the offensive line uh-huh. and the bouncy replacement. That's where I'm going to be on the offense. Uh, and and really and truly, other than that, I, I honestly don't care. I mean, I you know, I mean, I'm gonna I, I want them to function. I want them to be functional, and then I'll, I'll watch some of the backups. But I, I I really don't know what else I'm going to look for on offense. Uh, on defense, I'm watching the linebackers. That's that's who I'm concerned with. Uh, I'd be interested to see if Cortez Allen gets in the game yep. uh, at all. But um, against you know against the starters, not in the, not in the second half. Um, and um, uh, I, you know I'll, I'll pay attention to Shamarco because he's still you know question mark in my mind. Um, and uh, I mean really that that you know that's it. That those would be the the key things. I mean any, I'm watch- any interest to see if, if Vic plays at all. I doubt he would play this early. You yeah, don't, you you're probably right. He's got to play in the fourth game, though, right? He's got to play in the fourth game. You've got to get him sometime, yeah. Mike, what are you looking for? Okay, so on offense, um, definitely, like Joe said, the center. I'm also looking at um, D'Angelo Williams. I think that he'll get some significant time, at, maybe a little in the first half. You know, yeah. Actually, I don't know if he'll get much in the first half, but definitely in the second half because, obviously, he's going to start the season. And then um, – I'm interested to see my man Jesse James redeem himself. <laughs> the tight end, right? So it's about that time. Yeah, I want to see him uh, do something. And then I'm also interested in seeing one of those wide receivers or maybe a couple of them, that, you know, the no-names, uh, make a name for themselves. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. That's probably going to be in the second half. And then on defense, uh, uh, one thing that happened when the defense was playing poorly last season was that you would we would say, gosh, I don't even remember – Jarvis Jones on the field, or I don't remember Shazier. You like, and not not because they were injured or not playing. It was just that like they were getting blocked, and you right. just don't even remember them playing. So, in that Green Bay game, when I said that they were kind of all swarming around, and even though it was the second half, that's what I want to see. I want to, I want to, I want to see Jarvis Jones make plays, even if it's just a tackle. And uh, and and same with even Bud Dupree. I was, I'm excited to see rookies play well in the preseason. So, I'm interested to see that out of the linebackers. And then. Uh, and then also the um, Cortez Allen. Let's yeah. Hopefully, maybe he can make a play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you guys' list are pretty much the same as mine. The only name I would add to, to that list is probably um, Mike Mitchell. I wanted to see a, a little bit of Mike Mitchell. He's been hurt a lot this training camp. Um, we haven't really seen a lot of him. And I know, you know, the, uh, the talk from last year was that he was injured for the entire year. So I wanted to see what he could do this preseason. But he rolled his ankle yesterday. So I uh, probably won't play this week. And it's a shocker to everybody. Um, so it won't get to see him play, but I, you know, I like, I'd like to see Shamarco again. I like to see Shazier continuing to play like he's played. Uh, hopefully Timmons can get on the field. He's been down with an injury for a little while. Um, I want to see how Cam Thomas does in replacement for, uh, to it. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see who they start alongside gay. They started Antoine Blake last week and he got burned. Um, I'm interested to see if they, if they put Boykin in that spot or if they put Cortez Allen in that spot, um, and how they do, uh, offensively, you know, I, I want to see Harry, Hayward Bay start making plays, being that, you know, he's going to see significant time at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, like like Mike said, those young wide receivers are fun to watch, and we'll see which one, you know, continues to add to their resume. 
Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, hopefully Jesse James can redeem himself, but I, I think Jesse James is, is headed for the practice squad. Um, hey, who on the Bills is, is going to be interesting to watch? Uh, well, I mean, they have Shady. They have Shady McCoy now. Um, oh, yeah. Sammy Watkins. But he's injured, though, isn't he? Uh, I think he's injured, and I think Sammy Watkins is injured. So I don't know if we'll get to see them. They're going to start EJ Manuel. I mean, look, the defense should be able to swarm this team and, and really get going. You would hope, because this so the, is a bad offense. So the most interesting guy to watch on the Bills might be Rex Ryan. Might be. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm looking forward to see all the young guys in this one. And, and just this is going to be the last time we see the starters. So I want to see Hayward Bay start to, to, to get a repertoire with Ben. I want to see, see, um, uh, see Cody Wallace playing center. Uh, and how that offensive line looks. I, I want to see, uh, you know, Bell and, and Brown and Wheaton continuing to play well. Because uh, this is it. it we, we go from here and we go straight to New England. We, we, you know, drive that bus right up to New England. And it is opening day two weeks from uh, from Thursday. So, or I'm sorry, two weeks from tonight. So, it's it's go time. It's go time. for. This. Oh, you know who else I'm interested to see is the is the kicker. I want to see the kicker, like, take long kicks. We haven't seen him take, like, a 47-yarder. Um, we've seen him kick extra points, which fine. I mean, they're 32 yards now and he can make those. That's fine. I feel like we're going to go for two a lot anyway. He's made some short ones, but I want to see him make, I want to see him make legitimate field goals because losing Swisham is, is hurt. That hurts. Swisham was a baller. That does hurt. And that was a crappy way to lose him. Yeah. A kick return. Yeah. Preseason is not kind to this, to, to the, uh, to the NFL, man. I mean, you just yeah. so many guys getting hurt and for the year, you know, out for the year. Even though Jordy Nelson got hurt. I mean, he wasn't touched, right? Right. Yeah, that's terrible. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. guy like he, can you be in more shape than a guy like that? Right. And then he, hey, I wanted to I wanted to point out one thing here. I'm going to name four linebackers. Ready? Yeah. Bud Dupree, Sean Spence, Vince Williams, James Harrison. You know who they are? That's our second string linebackers in the depth chart. True. They're behind Arthur Motes, Ryan Shazier, Lawrence Timmons, Jarvis Jones. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of depth there. <laughs> there, yes. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, we don't we don't lack for we don't lack for talent on at the linebacker. We lack for production, right? And I think that's what's that's what's both exciting and frustrating. When we talk about the linebackers of the Steelers, you say, "Oh, so much, you know, they're, they're the next crazy linebacker is this guy or that guy," because they have the talent, but they haven't just haven't produced yet. It's time to step up. Well, the thing I'll give you on those two lists is there's not a big drop off from one to two. Hey, you figure out what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is not a big drop off from one to two. But that, but if you're starting from zero, it's hard to go down. Um, all right, one final thing I want to talk about tonight before we end, and this is a small one. Uh, the Madden video game came out on Tuesday this week. And for those of you who loaded it up, well, first of all, the cover boy is voted on by the fans now. So the Jinx thing is kind of going away. Uh, but Odell Beckham Jr. on the cover this year, not Antonio Brown, no matter how much he, he wanted to be based on his Twitter. Uh, but if you load the game out, something interesting happens. It starts you in Super Bowl 50. Uh, this, this year, Super Bowl 50 will happen in San Francisco, and it loads up. And you're playing Super Bowl 50, and it's the Steelers against the Cardinals, and you're Ben Roethlisberger, and he's talking to Antonio Brown, and you go through this whole series where the Steelers' offense is being—they're so great, but they're being shut down, and you have to guide them back and win the Super Bowl. And I—I I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it because it's—it's it's this weird jinx that Madden has, and now they're throwing us some of that. I—I uh, I was bothered by it from the moment I loaded it up. Uh, I think the Steelers do have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I think that that Super Bowl matchup, while I don't agree with half of it, I do agree with the Steelers part of it, and I don't like the Madden Jinx. So, uh, anyway, one thing I wanted to throw out there because the Madden Jinx 
we all remember when Tro- Troy Polamalu and Larry Fitzgerald were on the cover. Uh, it did not go well for us. So this year, uh, we have to deal with it again. Another Madden Jinx. All right. Anything else before we wrap up? Anything, want, anything you guys want to talk about around the NFL? Yeah, let's, let's just wrap this. Let's wrap this bad boy up. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountry.net. That website is getting a makeover right before week one. We're going to do another podcast uh, probably uh, late next week, uh, probably right after the fourth preseason game. We will do our season preview podcast. Uh, that'll include a preview of the opener. That opener is, remember, that's two weeks from tonight, guys. So that is that is coming up. Um, you want to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash SteelerCountry, or like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast. Uh, if you like us or if you follow us on Twitter, you'll find a link to the live stream. We do stream this podcast live on YouTube. You can find it at youtube.com slash SteelerCountry slash live. Uh, so that is the, the link to the live stream. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you late next week.